Roses are red, violets are purple, not blue. Looking for a home? You know what to do. If your heart is set on the home of your dreams, let's find your love nest. Call the Sharp Mortgage Team. No need for Cupid, arrows, or bows. Just a cozy house where such happiness grows. Whether it's a cottage, a condo, or a mansion grand, our team is here to lend a helping hand. Imagine a kitchen where you cook up delights, or a backyard oasis under the stars at night. With rates getting as sweet as candy hearts, homeownership is where the real romance starts. Forget the cards, the flowers, and the candies. A home of your own would be just dandy. So this Valentine's Day, let's start a plan. To talk about your loan, we'll give you a hand. No more renting, let's make a fresh start and turn a house into a piece of your heart. Happy Valentine's Day wishes made for two from the Sharp Mortgage Team. We're here for you. This is the Triad Podcast Network. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's put our hands together for Martha Bassett. My Lord, he told his disciples Thanks for downloading this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. We are with the Arts Council of Winston-Salem, Forsyth County for another creative conversation. Our guest today, Connie Quinn, she is the Senior Vice President for Marketing and Administration at the Arts Council, and Martha Bassett of the Martha Bassett Show, very talented musician. We're looking forward to getting to know her a little bit more, and the star of the Martha Bassett Show that you may know from Elkin and the Reeves Theater. So welcome to the two of you. Great to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's start with this, which is where we always begin our conversations. We typically begin by asking, what are your favorite things to do in Winston-Salem? Connie, we'll start with you. Oh, okay. I'm a festival girl. Uh, I love all the festivals. Um, of course, we have coming up this year, uh, every other year, but coming up in 2019, the um, North Carolina or the National Black Theater Festival, which brings so many fun folks to town um, and is a great opportunity for those of us in town to experience all of the excitement around that. So that's one of my favorites. Um, love River Run, of course, and our friends at Bookmarks do such a great mm-hmm. job too. So I love to do those things. Um, and then some of the sort of um, original things. I'm from Florida originally and moved here several years ago, so I still love to visit Old Salem and and do those sort of things that someone who might be a tourist would love to do. You're like me in, in being from Florida, so you just like the simple things, like seeing the colors of the leaves change Absolutely. and seasons and things like that that we don't get down in Florida. <laughs> I'm still completely fascinated every time they put the giant Moravian star on top of Baptist Hospital. I'm I'm because there are no Moravian stars in Florida, no. so I'm fascinated every time they do that no we have sand dollars basically (laughs) (laughs) martha what about you well i love seeing live music and we have such uh so many wonderful venues here i i love piedmont opera we have an amazing opera company and yes yes (laughs) (laughs) um the ramcat has really filled a void for uh larger national artists coming through and muddy creek music hall continues to bring in great music and um, I also love um, seeing the art shows at uh, Ronalda House and Sika and I um, I have to say that I loved that one bird ride that I had before they were taken away. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope they come back. I think that's I think that's about the number that everyone got to. It was just yeah. one one little uh, scoot around town. Yeah, I'm not coordinated about... enough for that. I avoided even my one. It, it's worth it. <laughs> Always have that memory. Yeah. Um, okay, Martha. So there's a lot of people that know you very well as, as a very talented artist around the community, but whether people, to the extent of which people know you, whatever that degree may be, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about the, the Martha Bassett show and how it, how it got its origins? Sure. Uh, I'm a West Virginia native and I came to North Carolina to um, work on my master's in music at UNCG. So for the first few years that I lived here, I was in Greensboro. And as I started uh, performing more non-classical music, I just felt like Winston-Salem was a town that embraced me. And I happily moved here and um, have been here for many years now. Um, About four years ago, um, Debbie Carson, who co-owns the Reeves Theater with Chris Groner, her husband, um, right after they bought the theater, she contacted me and asked me if I would be willing to do some sort of monthly show. And um, the idea of the Martha Bassett show has really developed over time. Uh, My partner, Pat Lawrence, is the producer, and he had a lot of ideas about what he wanted to produce. And so um, it's just been this beautiful partnership with Debbie and Chris at the Reeves and their whole staff. Mm -hmm. And that's the short story. It is, uh, I, I spent some time listening to some of the shows, and, and admittedly, I've never been to one live at, at the Reeves Theater, but I was, I mean, it has such a local flavor to the mm-hmm. music as well. It's not, it's, it's something that is authentic to this area, correct? That's what we're aiming for. Yeah. Yes. Connie, have you seen it before? I have not seen it live before, no, but it's, it's on the to-do list. It really is. Um, I, I was I was intrigued when I found out that that you were going to be our guest for this episode, and then when I went back and listened to, because you make some of them available on podcast. Um, it's now I'm now I'm really interested in going to see it. Um, we, we've tried to get out to more of the the local music scene, and and this is something that I, I guess I would ask the question too: How often do you talk to people that? Um, where you have to educate them on, on what it is and what you do, and then all of a sudden they become fascinated by it. Is there still an education process Absolutely, to it? absolutely. We've had uh, great crowds every month, but it's a small theater, right. so um, there's still a lot of people who haven't been there. And some, some folks think it's just me performing every month, and uh, that is not the case. We have a national artist, uh, two local or regional artists, and my band, and the point is we have small uh, segments where each artist does their own thing, mm-hmm. but there's a whole lot of collaboration between the artists. So my band will back up all of the artists, and um, we just use everybody's uh, talents to, mm-hmm. the, to the best of our ability every month. So it's, it's a little bit more like a variety show like a Southern Prairie Home Companion yeah. and is what we're going for. It's always really fun when you see like your band back somebody else up or somebody else sit in with you. That that always makes for such a fun and unique experience. Yeah. It does. It's uh, it definitely makes it looser and we're learning brand new music every month. So it's labor intensive, but uh, it's so exciting. Yeah. And the uh, the energy among all the artists is really fun because we're all working hard to create something brand new. That's that's the word I was going to use because you mentioned the theater is small, but if you listen, there is such an energy in that building. Yes. It really is. I mean, it is a tremendous environment. Uh, so we look forward to learning a little bit more about the Martha Bassett, Bassett Show 
throughout our conversation. Uh, Connie, you're new to the Arts Council, but not necessarily to the community. So can you give us a, a further introduction to, to yourself and how you made your way here to the Arts Council and, and some of your interests as it relates to the topics that we discuss? So, um, sure, I have made my way to the Arts Council via multiple uh, partner arts organizations. Uh, Martha mentioned Piedmont Opera earlier, and I let out a little squeal. Um, they are some <laughs> of my favorite folks on the planet. Uh, I started my, not my career in Winston, but my career in the arts with the folks at Piedmont Opera and still love them. I did two stints with them, um, love them very much. Um, also was at SECO, which was mentioned earlier, as well as uh, a tiny time at the Little Theater. So I have a lot of um, arts experience. Uh, and when they asked me to come over here, I it was an immediate yes, because it is the opportunity to get to work with all of my favorite mm -hmm. arts organizations at at one time. Because you've been involved in so many areas around the community, how have you seen the arts evolved here in, in Winston-Salem? So what's really interesting is just in maybe the last year or so, I've, I've, seen, I've seen the arts, not that the arts don't always take a total big picture embrace, a big hug of the community, if you will, but just in the in the last couple of years, I've seen that hug or that arm reach get bigger. Um, one of my favorite things to do, I live downtown, is to go to the um, uh, Summer on Liberty music thing. I've seen Martha uh, perform there. It's wonderful. I walk in a lot of places and see a lot of folks that I know, as I'm sure Martha does. You walk in to have lunch or something, and you see plenty of people that you know. I, I go and sit down at one of these events on Saturday night, and I will not know a huge number of – sometimes I'll look around and not know anyone there. It's so fun for me to see, based on what the different performing artist is – what different members of our community come out to experience that. And so I think the arts are really, in the last couple of years, doing a better job at embracing all of our community. You know, your, your, your community is not what lives just right outside your front door. There's a whole big, rich history here, mm -hmm. um, a rich history, and we're rich in what we have to offer right now as well. And you have to sort of get out of your box a little bit and experience that. And I think that the arts are leading the way in that. A little bit. Martha, would you add anything to, to that question and the way it's evolved? No, I, I agree. It has, um, I've been making music in this community for about 25 years now, and um, it just blows my mind how the downtown arts community has grown and the concert series that have, um, that have come out of work that I saw Richard Emmett doing way back in the day mm -hmm. um, little concerts have grown into series and festivals and new venues it's well we it's saw happened. a fun thing here a few years ago where our friends who are doing a concert um a holiday concert coming up which will have already be done by the time we air this i guess but our friends at camel city jazz orchestra did a few years ago what was called the neighborhood suites where they wrote music based on neighborhoods all across the winston-salem community and then they performed those musical pieces in parks within those communities and it was just so fun to see that and and the people who would come out in in the different communities to hear the suite of music that was composed just for their neighborhood mm, that's tremendous 
Um, all right, so I want to ask a little bit more about the Martha Bassett show. You're getting ready to enter season two, is that correct? Correct. Tell us about how season one went and what you learned throughout the, the first voyage in, into, this, into this endeavor. Well, it went great. Um, you never know. I, I, I was in a town where I have not uh, performed very much, and I didn't know if people were going to come to the show or not, but we had great crowds at every single show. And um, I learned so much. I can't even begin to tell you all of it. Um, I learned that what we were doing works. And it, it evolved over, the, especially the first three shows. We really became more collaborative after the second show. And um, that the artists we bring in are benefiting from being on our show. And that was part of our initial um, goal was to bring in people who might uh, not be regulars in North Carolina or in our part of North Carolina. And um, so we were looking for people who um, maybe didn't have a place. And so many of those artists have gone on to do their own shows at the Reeves or here in Winston-Salem, and that's really exciting to see. And I also learned that well, we could just do this. I've never done anything this big before, yeah. anything of this scope. And uh, we have a very small paid staff, uh, and their hearts are so in it. People are working really hard to pull this off every month. Yeah, so it's it, it can also be, to, to what maybe you referenced just a moment ago, uh, somewhat of a discovery tool for yes, some of the artists. They, they have used it as a launching pad for, for other opportunities around the community. Um, is there anything in particular in your show that, that you look forward to the most? I love uh, interviewing the guests for the podcast, mm. uh, getting to know them. I love that every single artist we had this past year, a lot of some of them I, I knew in advance, and I started with people that I knew just to make it easier on myself. But everyone has become a friend, and you go through this kind of trial by fire, and it, yeah, you get to know each other in, in ways that you wouldn't from just a conversation. What are some of the interesting takeaways from some of those conversations? Um, interesting backgrounds or stories about some of these individuals that, that you'll remember from, from these, these conversations that you mentioned? One of my favorite interviews was uh, from Jim White, and he's a, a Florida artist. And go Florida! <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I was—it was just all I could do to not be a big fan girl with him. I, he's one of my favorite artists, and he was our fourth show. Is that correct? No, he was our third show. Okay, he was our third show, and um, just hearing his positive outlook on the state of arts in. Uh, the United States specifically, but he travels around the world, and how these small local um, programs like ours are popping up everywhere. And I don't know, it just feels like that's happening in society in general with uh, local food, local products, local music, and people are really paying more attention to what we have here. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm loving that. I'm loving that. This time of year, people like to make plans for what they want to accomplish. Maybe your focus in 2024 is buying, selling, or investing in real estate. Maybe it's purchasing your first home or building wealth for your family. Whatever your goals are, the agents at The Ginther Group can help. 
It's never too early to begin working with Blake Ginther and his team, who have been a trusted resource to the triad community since 2010. To reach Blake and his team at The Ginther Group, just visit theginthergroup.com or give them a call, 336-283-8689. All right, we're going to get into a little bit more about the experiences and, and how certainly how you can find out more information and be a part of their second season, which is coming up. Uh, in the new year. But Connie, I want to ask you about this. So beyond the the business impact, can you share how the Arts Council has affected the community and if you have any surprise or standout stories or or non-traditional partnerships? So uh, we at the Arts Council love partnerships. (laughs) Um, to To the conversation we were having earlier, they make everything richer. Um, it's way more fun if I do this with Martha than if I do this all by myself. Uh, and unusual partnerships are even more fun. Um, I'll talk about one that was really interesting that I got to participate in. The Arts Council um, put together as part of a bigger initiative a group of art uh, members from the arts community that were helping with a research project or a focus group for family services a while back. Um, and the task at hand was to to figure out how your demographic or your group could help affect um, or impact or lessen or help problem solve what's going on in the area of domestic violence. Now, you don't necessarily think arts meets domestic violence, um, but one of the things that came out of the group in a very first meeting was that arts level the playing field for folks whether you are wealthy or poor or from born in this country or born in a different country or what your socioeconomic background is, what your gender is, everyone can experience the arts on their own level Mm. and they level the playing fields for us. And I came out of that with a really big aha moment, you know, uh, young, old, how, how the arts are able to impact you and meet you where you are. That's a really unusual partnership to, to see happen. Arts and family services yeah, via a domestic violence vehicle. Um, but what came out of it was a really re- rich and rewarding experience for everyone in the room. And I think we came up with some positive options to take the family services folks, especially as they were dealing with young people who were who were coming into this situation. Um, so that's a very serious thing, but it was it was very impactful. Um, but I will go back again and say that we love partnerships on all levels. Um, our, folk, our friends at Bookmarks partner with our friends at Piedmont Opera, which is, again, an interesting and unusual combination. Um, but during the festival to house, you know, some visiting artists. It's just we love stuff like that, and it makes whatever the experience that you're doing so much bigger and bolder and richer when you have a partnership involved. Yeah, I love that. No, no matter, uh, no matter what walk of life you come from, you can experience, and you can also experiment with the arts too. I mean, there, there's so many different ways to get involved. Um, what, what do each of you kind of your personal stories and, and how you first experienced the arts, maybe even going back to when you were a kid and, and how you really developed that early love for it. 
I remember my music teacher in the second grade, Miss Dixon, Lewis Carroll Elementary, Merritt Island, Florida. Miss, <laughs> I love to go to, they came and took you to music class one day a week, and I could not wait for music class every, every week. I mean, just a huge thing. And then I remember I have no musical talent whatsoever, <laughs> but a, a little bit of visual art skill, nothing to speak of, but fun. I like to dabble in it. And I remember being in middle school and high school and figuring out, hey, I'm actually not too bad at this. <laughs> and it, it draws you in. Once you, you figure you figure out how you can relate to it, you're immediately drawn into it. Or you'll see a piece of theater, um, the per- first piece of live theater. I had this conversation with my friend Nigel at Black Rep. The first piece of live theater I ever saw was a production of Dreamgirls. And I was almost 30 years old when I saw that. And I was completely blown away. I can remember it and see it and hear it like it was yesterday. Hmm. What about you, Martha? What was your first experience with it? Well, my family was very musical. I had Mm -hmm. uncles who had a bluegrass band, and my mom was always singing. And uh, the church that we went to was very uh, musical. So that was probably some of my earliest times making music. But there was just always recorded music playing at Mm -hmm. home. And once I got into like junior high and high school, I was in choir and band. But um, when I discovered classical music, which was something I hadn't really grown up with, that really sparked the fire for me. What was, what was the first instrument that you tried, that you picked Piano. up? Piano. Then saxophone. So voice came a little later. Yeah. How many did? Wow. Piano and saxophone. (laughs) I'm blown away. (laughs) I'm not good at either one of them now, but. (laughs) I would love to hear just the the range of of instruments that that you know how to play, that you can pick up and just start playing something or learn, learn how to play. At this point, I pretty much only play um, stringed instruments, mostly guitar now, but for a long time, I was just a bass player. I learned bass before guitar and uh, upright bass, and I really love that. Yeah. Um, how, how is your experience in, in what you know how to do musically and as an artist, how has that helped you in trying to build this community that you do with, your, with the Martha Bassett Show? Um, I have to say that as somebody who has done quite a bit of touring, I, I focus really heavily on hospitality because touring is hard. And I know um, that it just goes so far to feed people well, put them in a comfortable hotel, um, just make them as comfortable as possible. Because really, when they're coming in, even if, uh, you know, as I said earlier, I'm asking them to do something uncomfortable by collaborating, but Mm -hmm. even just bearing your souls every new town you go to, that's, um, they they pour out so much of themselves for us. Is that something you, you have seen in just your experience with artists, Connie? Hospitality is... A fantastic no matter what. When you make people feel loved and welcomed and valued, it is it goes such a long way to bring the absolute best out of them. So yes, I 100% echo what Martha just said. Yeah. Um, so so we talked at the beginning about the, the show and how it, it takes place inside the Reeves Theater in Elkin. How did that partnership come to be? You mentioned your, your conversation with the owners at the very beginning, but mm-hmm. I'm curious more about how, how the partnership allows the show to be what it is. Well, honestly, we could not do what we're doing without the Reeves Theater. They are true partners with us. And... Um, I also have to say that the architecture of the Reeves Theater 
really has an effect on the music that we make. It's, uh, it's an, an historic theater, but it is very modern inside. And that reflects itself in our music. We, we have a real mix of uh, genres, and there, there may be some, you know, segments of fiddle tunes, have been mm -hmm. lots of those, but um, it's very modern as well. And, and I feel like the interior of that space really has uh, inspired mm -hmm. what we do. Does, does the, the size of the theater, does the, the intimacy that that, that that creates, I mean, is that, is that part of the overall experience to make it kind of what it is as well? Absolutely. It's, um, there's not a bad seat in the house. The balcony sounds great, and you can see everything from the balcony. It's, mm -hmm. um, I think if it's to capacity, they can fit about 250 people, and it's more common to have between 175 and 200 yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's very intimate yeah. and we, uh, we make a point to go out into the lobby after every show and talk to people as oh, they that's leave. Great. So I know who's coming. I know we have a lot of repeats and people will come up and talk to you. Connie, in your experience, the, the, the smaller venues like that with that intimate feel, how much of a difference does that make in experiencing a, a performance? It just changes, it changes the whole experience. Uh, when you go to a bigger venue, it's a it's a different experience. It's a big, grand, epic sort of thing. When you go to a smaller theater, it is truly the word you just used, a more intimate experience. It's more like I'm having a conversation right now with Martha, and there aren't these other 200 people in the room. Where when you're in a bigger venue, it's a different, bigger, sort of grander experience. They're, they're very different. You take something very different away from them. Um, so, yeah, the intimate space is, is something that will stick with you for a long time after you go experience a show. And we have so many of those spaces locally that are about that size, mm -hmm. 200, 250, um, and it makes for just a wonderful experience. I want to also ask you about something that, that Martha just said, which is after the show that they will go out and they will talk to the people that came and, and, and be able to listen about their experience and just have a conversation after the performance is over. There, there may be a section of the audience, I would imagine, that, uh, that listens to the po this podcast and they're artists, they're aspiring artists. How important is that and what kind of difference can that make if, if people come to, to see you or experience what you are offering to be able to have that one-on-one -on -one engagement with them as well? It makes all the difference in the world, every bit of, every bit of it. People want to touch the art. They, and, and in Martha's case, she is the art. They want to be up close and personal. As an artist, if you are able to interact with your community and your fans and your people who have come out to support you, that builds a bond that is, you, you can't pay money to advertise that. You can't get an agent to do that for you. There, there's no value that you can attach to that. And I would imagine that that's a big part of what helps with the repeat uh, yes, visitors. Yes, absolutely. And we learn so much from them. And we've gotten to know people who come every time. Mm -hmm. And they will email me feedback and tell me what they like and what they would like to hear. So it's um, it. One of the uh, one of our fans emailed me recently that. Every time she comes to one of the shows, it's like she's going to a family reunion because oh, she wow. sees people that she only sees there. That's that's a great testimonial right there. Um, so what are your goals now and aspirations for, for year two of the show? What do you have in store? 
Well, I want to build off the foundation that we've become, um, that we've begun. I've, I've really uh, enjoyed including a lot of young local artists. We've had Presley Barker and the Dan River Girls. And <laughs> I love the Dan River Girls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and two of Rex McGee's children. So I, I want to continue doing that sort of thing. I want to get better at maneuvering all of the moving parts mm-hmm. because there are so many. And um, like I said, I've really enjoyed the interviews. I've learned so much about artists uh, that I was already friends with like Jeffrey Dean Foster and Bruce Pioff, who are local artists, and um, interviewing them was even more interesting because it went so much deeper mm-hmm. than people that I'd never met. And I'd also, um, my uh, one of my biggest goals for 2019 is to expand the corporate sponsorship that we have. We were um, so fortunate to have the support of Wake Forest Baptist Health this year, as well as uh, the Elkin Fund of the... Winston-Salem Foundation and Explorer Elkin, and the town of Elkin was very helpful to us as well. How do you plan uh, with the partnerships are a great example that you just mentioned, but what are some other ways that you want to try to engage the community to, to continue to make this more of like a, like a family reunion, as you just mentioned? Well, uh, it might be premature saying this, but I'm trying to... Uh get some buses coming from Winston-Salem because we do have a lot of folks coming from this area. That's a great idea. Um, I I haven't, um, I don't know how that's going to happen, but that's a goal. We should, we should chat about that. Okay. (laughs) All right. If you have not shown up anywhere where Martha is singing, the energy when people know she's about to come on stage is, is just incredible. No, people go nuts. (laughs) Ah, It's Martha. (laughs) So total, total fangirls happening out when when Martha's going to show up. It's time to get serious about your financial future. It's never too early, but it could be too late to get started. And that's oftentimes the hardest part, getting started. How much do I save? Where do I invest? Do I save for college or retirement? How much for each? And who do I talk to about it all? Okay, we'll keep things simple for now and help you answer the last one. We recommend you begin with a local financial advisor, and that's Jennifer Johnson of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. She'll sit down with you for a complimentary introductory consultation and go over all of your questions. Get started on the path to achieving your financial goals. Visit 3magnoliasfinancialadvisors.com or call 336-701-1600. Get comfortable with your financial future. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors, Retirement, Financial Planning, and Investments. Securities offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satara is under separate ownership from any other named entity. And I'm telling you, this is how I first experienced it. Go find the podcast and listen to the episodes, and you can hear it. It's it's the recording of what they do on stage, and you can just hear when it begins, the ovation from the crowd is is deafening. It really is. Um, how can people find the podcast if they want to get a get a taste of what what the experience is like? It's not the same experience as when you listen on a podcast as if you're there in person, but the, you you can understand everything that we're saying here. How can they find the podcast? First, go to MarthaBassettShow.com, and then you can access the podcast from there, or you can go to iTunes or any of the place you get your 
your podcasts okay. and type in Martha Bassett Show Podcast. And if you're listening to this, you already know how to use podcasts, so it shouldn't <laughs> be too difficult to That to has find been part it. of the education process of saying, <laughs> right. it's really easy, folks. <laughs> yeah, we could skip steps, steps one and two of the education process for the listeners of this one because they already know how to access this. So, um, Okay, so uh, Connie, can you share with us what is in store for the Arts Council now in 2019? Sure. Um, well, we are under um, new leadership with our new CEO, uh, Randy Eady, who is just fantastic and has tremendous forethought and vision. And we are very excited about a lot of things we have coming up. Um, our friends at the North Carolina Black Repertory Company, uh, as well as our friends at the Little Theater of Winston-Salem, will be moving into the new Arts Council Extension Building, which is just right up the street from where we're sitting right now um, at 419 Spruce. This will be the new home of their administrative offices, as well as some rehearsal space. So we're really excited about that sort of new location for them downtown, sort of in this theater district and hub, and um, just the new energy that it's going to bring for them around this new space. The new space is absolutely fantastic. We'll be having a ribbon cutting very soon for that. Uh, so just uh, that that's one really exciting piece of what we have going on. We also um, are still working towards a renovation in this space that we are in right now, um, the Reynolds space uh, in the Milton Road Center for the Arts. Uh, the plan is for a renovation to turn that into a black box theater space. Uh, where both of those uh, groups that we just talked about, North Carolina Black Repertory Company, as well as the Little Theater of Winston-Salem, would be performing. Uh, so we're really excited about that. Uh, we also have are in discussions about a potential signature event for the Arts Council this year. That's a true mm -hmm. sneak peek. Okay. Um, when when you anticipate making having more information on that? I anticipate having more information about that in the next month or so. But okay. as the uh, country's original arts council, first arts council in the United mm -hmm. States, um, we think it's really important that we celebrate that and are are looking to create a signature a signature event this year. Can't wait to hear more about that. Um, okay, so. As we get toward the end of our conversation, I have, I have two more questions to ask each of you. But before I do that, we, we mentioned the podcast and where people can hear some audio from the show. What's the best way for them to, to get tickets? Go to reevestheater.com. Okay. You can also uh, get there through the Martha Bassett Show website, and it will take you through the Reeves. So either website that you go to. Okay, very good. Want to make sure we, we got that in before, um, before we finish up. All right, so we asked this to all of our guests, and this is the first time on the show for both of you. So my question is, what other cities that you've visited, do you have examples of unique projects or partnerships within the community that really stand out? We, we've gotten a lot of cities around the country that people have visited. I really like what they do here in Grand Rapids or in Louisville, Kentucky. What would be some examples that each of you would have in that respect? Uh, I'll stay with the opera theme um, since we've been on that a little bit. The absolute best place to experience opera in the entire country is Santa Fe, um, mm. Santa Fe, New Mexico, outdoor opera uh, theater community, if you will. The backdrop of Santa Fe is the backdrop of whatever wow. opera you are experiencing. Outdoor opera. It, yes. In, oh, my goodness. What a landscape. It is to have. breathtaking. How many people do you think know about that? Not nearly enough. Yeah. 
so uh, just I don't I don't think it's a it's a secret by any means. But you know, you think opera and your or anything on that sort of grand scale, and I think you automatically go to New York or Chicago. Sure. Um, but but I would have to say Santa Fe on this one. Okay, that's that's a discovery right there. I like it, Martha. What about you? Well, as we were um, envisioning what we were going to do with the Martha Bassett show, um, I was inspired by, of course, uh, Prairie Home Companion out of uh, Minnesota and uh, Live From Here, which is now in New York, but also from the smaller um, organizations that are similar, like Wood Songs out of Lexington, Kentucky, and E-Town from Denver. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, this is happening everywhere, little... Um, Beautiful pockets of art and music are popping up in small towns, and it's uh, becoming a a really viable way for economic revitalization Mm -hmm. for a lot of small towns. Yeah, very good. Um, Okay, our final question. If you could have dinner with any artist, dead or alive, who would you invite? Who wants to go first? Elvis. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. Hands down, no question. Why? Because my my mama would not ever forgive me if that's not who I invited to dinner. Okay. Plus he's the king, you know. Right. That's all I got. That's a good answer. That's the first time we've we've had that answer to this question. I like it. Martha, what about you? Well, I have two. Uh from the deceased category, David Bowie. Mm. I would uh, love to have dinner with David Bowie. He's an artist of such scope. I would just love to hear about his long, diverse career. He would fit in so well in the type of show that, that you put on, yes. right? Just because Thank you. Of That's his, a big Just compliment. because of the versatility, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And the second one, um, I just love Ani DeFranco, and I've never met her. Hmm. So. Okay. Those are three answers, again, that we have not had before. <laughs> High five. Yes. (laughs) Very good. Well, uh, Connie Quinn here with the Arts Council and uh, Martha Bassett from the Martha Bassett Show. You can find more information on her show and the podcast at MarthaBassettShow.com. Thank you so much for being a part of our creative conversation. Thank Thank you you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. For tons more local content, find our entire library on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Stitcher. And if you want to support the show and those that contribute, please take a moment to give us a rating, five stars preferably, and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, spread the word and interact with us about what you've heard. You can find us at Triad Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is the Triad Podcast Network. 